Welcome back to Bible study to Paul's letter to the Galatian church. Welcome back to John Campbell. Welcome Derek Walker. And I felt a bit bad last week because John only had two verses to read. So you're going to read John, I think, from, um, a few more verses, from verse 15 to verse 20. Yes, that's right. Thank you very much. Hi, Galatians 3, beginning at verse 15. Brethren, I speak in the manner of men. Though it is only a man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, who is Christ. And this I say, that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. What purpose then does the law serve? It was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made and it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator does not mediate for one only, but God is one. Thank you. Lord, again, we thank you uh, that you have an eternal plan and purpose which does not deviate, that that isn't knocked off course and that um, isn't in any way inconsistent or contradicted by one verse or another that's, um, th- th- that follows on uh, from the scriptures, but that it all um, hangs together in a wonderful way. And we uh, ask, Lord, you'll help us in studying this next passage of this amazing letter to the Galatian church. And we will give you all the honor and all the glory uh, for your goodness to us. and. And Lord, we just pray for uh, folks who don't know you, who, who as it were, that this is um, gobbledygook to them. We pray, Lord, that you will open up the eyes of their hearts and that they will see you and the, the wonderful story of your grace towards us. Amen. 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 As Derek would say, <laughs> praise God, <laughs> which I absolutely love when you punctuate what you're saying because it's like the spirit <laughs> coming I get in. excited. Yeah, it's really, really <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, so last week we had the two verses which sort of alluded to a blessing given to Abraham. Mm. And we read in this passage that it was 430 years before uh, the law, which is, again, it's consistent. But, mm. but there's the, the scripture... Uh, God doesn't work in, in a way that his promises are superseded. Mm. Should we just try and hit that one first? Because some would say, oh, well, it, you know, the New Testament supersedes the old. You know, the, the old is archaic, primitive. But then, as it were, there's a, yeah, God has been reborn. And, you know, now he's seen the light. Yeah. That isn't quite how scripture works. It isn't, but Paul makes the point that man doesn't work that way either in verse 15. I, let's yeah. give you an example. Yeah. In, in, in Britain, and indeed the Commonwealth, and not only the Commonwealth, but some other countries like uh, America, 
um, where Magna Carta is still recognised. Now, Magna Carta was effectively a treaty between the mm. governed and the governor, in this case, John, King John, who was a tyrant. Let nobody tell you he signed under duress. He was an absolute tyrant. Yeah. Um, and, and Magna Carta, 1215, is still extant. Uh, there were, if you like, treasonous versions produced later when they realised quite what had, they wrapped up in 1215, such as we could rebel if we were didn't if we yeah. were being governed in a way which didn't was not in accordance with God's law, common law, with God's law, and so. All legislation that follows, and this time there was no parliament, of course, all legislation follows, cannot annul Magna Carta. This is a bone, you know, a great problem for the Just interjecting there, so God's law can't be superseded, but the laws of the Medes and the Persians, you know, man-made laws, yeah. you know, actually can look ridiculous over the course of time. Yes. But Magna Carta was something that was based on God's law. Based on God's law, and all legislation has to line up with God's, with Magna Carta. And if it doesn't, because it's only by consent that you have to obey it. I'm not preaching insurrection and anarchy. No, no, no but they can I'm, be overturned. I'm trying to illustrate. And they have overturned. They have. In many ways. Uh, because the they keep world. the people ignorant. Constitutional law, for example, and Magna is not taught in schools because if they did, they'd have an uprising. Yes. A lot of yeah, legislation is absolutely against Magna Carta. Yeah, and that's true. Exactly. I know. Yeah. So, and you can't announce the same principle here. That's right. And I mean, the principle of Magna Carta and legislation is drawn from this. It, this right. principle. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, my sort of general take on man made laws, excluding Magna Carta, which is a yeah. very, I mean, it's, it's amazing that we have that in our history, yes. our national story. But um, is that man made laws can be very fickle. Yes. But God's, God, God has to be consistent. If, 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 if God is going to change, you know, halfway down the track, then if we can't trust, be a bit like Boris, you can't trust a word he's saying. Yes. Well, this is the point. That's why I was using yes, Magna Carta's example, because Magna Carta is not a law. It's a treaty. It's a covenant between the king and the people. That, that's and true. That, and that's and true. it cannot be annulled, except by the agreement of both parties, uh, which are never going to agree to that. Yeah. So, so it stands forever. Very good. I didn't expect we'd talk about Magna Carta, but why not? And Philip Quemby, I have to say, Philip Quemby did a brilliant series called Magna Carta Unlocked, and it's worth looking at. Sceptered Isle Productions, look at it online. Oh, yes, I'll it's look very, at it. It's very, very, very good. Mm. Okay, back to the Bible, <laughs> or sort of tacking back towards yeah. the Bible. Where are we? Yeah, I, th um, I think to over, overall, what, what um, Paul is talking about here is, is He's giving us a bit of salvation history, and I think the, the, the way the Jew, Jewish legalists were presenting it was that the Christian faith, you know, what Christ has come, was basically a f just a basic follow-on from the law of Moses. In, in other words, they saw that the law of Moses was the main thing, that's the covenant we're under, and, and really, in a sense, Christ has come, he's the Messiah, but it's kind of the law of Moses plus Christ. Yeah. And, and so they trace their roots to the law of Moses. Uh, but, now, but Paul is saying, look, if you want to understand the essence of the Christian faith, you don't go back to Moses, you, you go back further, mm. you go to Abraham. Yeah. Because if your religion is based on the law of Moses, you'll That's end up right. in legalism. That's right. But if your religion is based on Abraham, mm. who was saved by faith, mm. 
And, and of course, God gave him the promise. Mm. And, and in Galatians... By the way, I'm just going to interject, but I'll give you a much longer stint. It's just uh, occurred to me that from this that the, those that say that Israel, the modern Israel, have the Jews have no right to the land, Christians who say that, mm. the, the supersessionists, the replacement the, mm. the, theologians say it, um, because um, they are saying, according to the law of Moses, the Jews have forfeited their right to the land. So they, they are not going back to Abraham. It's quite interesting. Right. They use, the, in their argument, yeah. because of the unrighteousness of Israel, they, they forfeited. The laws. Yeah. yeah, they forfeited their, yeah. their right, which is, yeah. is complete wrong if you read it in the well, context is, of Galatians. Well, if you read the end of Deuteronomy, it's actually a separate covenant. I mean, it's quite an interesting point, this, mm, that not yes, many people so. realise. Yeah. Um, at the end of Deuteronomy, this is not the law of Moses as such, um, but there's a special... Is it Deuteronomy 30? Please. Sorry. Yes, yep. Deuteronomy 29, verse 1. Yeah. This is a separate covenant called the land, I call it the, the land covenant. Some mm -hmm. people call it the Palestinian covenant, but mm -hmm. I prefer to call it the land covenant. That's something and it else says, these are the words of the, of the covenant which the Lord commanded Moses to make with the children of Israel in the land of Moab, yeah. besides the covenant which he made with them at Horeb. Yeah. In other words, this is a separate covenant yeah. from the law of Moses, which, which we, kn we know mm. has, has been brought to its close and has been superseded now by the new covenant. So the law of Moses was never meant to be an everlasting covenant. It was a temporary thing. Yeah. But this is the land covenant where God actually promises in the next couple of chapters mm -hmm. um, to give them the land. Yeah. But the interesting thing is, he actually, God anticipates Israel's sin in, the, in this, and he actually prophesies, you're going to sin, you're going to be cast out the land, but you will eventually repent, yeah. and you, I will, God will bring, back you, bring you back into the land, and you will possess it yeah. as an everlasting covenant. So God uh, here in this land covenant which is, again, an extension of the Abrahamic covenant, mm. which is an everlasting covenant. Mm. God promises them the land, and he, t and he knows that they're going to sin. That's right. And because of their sin, they will temporarily not enjoy the promised right. land, yeah. but he also guarantees, based on the Abrahamic covenant, that they will actually end up possessing the land possessing forever. The land, so and it even really says in Jeremiah, I think, 29, 30 or whatever, yeah. never to be uprooted. Yeah. yeah. Which yes. is quite a, that's, yeah. that's quite something. Anyway. So it says in Deuteronomy 30 verse 3 that the Lord your God will bring you back from captivity and will have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where the Lord your God has scattered you. Yeah. See, they don't, okay. they're not, they don't read their Bible. It's quite prophetic. You know. All the nations, which is not just from Babylon. Yes. From all so. the nations, yeah. So the Abrahamic covenant, I suppose, just to give the big picture, is it promised Abraham... And, and Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and their descendants. A nationhood and a land, the promised land. And, and also in, in there as well is the promise of a, of a throne. Mm. Um, and so he gave promises to what we would say national Israel, but he also gave promises to bless 
all the nations yeah. through the, the seed through the rather seed. than from, yeah. through, through the seed. So the there is ones. a spiritual inheritance somehow through Abraham to all the nations. Mm. Now, when Abraham received that, he would have known that was a promise of the Messiah because of Genesis 3.15, God originally promised that it's through the seed of the woman. God's going to ultimately save mankind. So Abraham knew that God was promising him the Messiah would come from him. And then, of course, in Genesis 15, God shows him the stars. He presents the Messiah to him. And, and Abraham believed. He believed in the Messiah. Mm. And he was saved through faith. And God promised that through Abraham and his seed, all the nations will be blessed. So this is the promise and the blessing of Abraham that salvation of everyone will come through the seed, through, yeah. through the Messiah, through his death and resurrection. That's it. And even Abraham was saved and blessed through believing in that promise. That's right. By grace, through faith. Yeah, amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's it. So, oh, should we pack up? I think we covered all these verses. <laughs> Not really. There. It's pretty good. That's amazing, really. So, so what, a, just, what Paul is yeah. saying here in Galatians is, um, you've got to go back to Abraham to understand right, exactly. the nature exactly. of our faith, yeah. not Moses. Yeah. Um, and he already hinted that, didn't he? In Galatians 3.14, mm. he said that the blessing of Abraham comes upon yes. us through the cross. So the blessing of Abraham is what was promised. Salvation mm -hmm. would be inherited by the, by the nations. That's right. Galatians 13 and 14 is telling us that that promise is brought into fulfillment yeah. in the new Galatians covenant. Galatians 3, verses 14, 13 and 14. Correct, yeah. yes. Through the new covenant, mm. through Christ's death and resurrection. Yeah. yeah. And that's now makes the blessing, of, the full blessing of Abraham available to us. Come on, John, you're on the edge of your seat. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's amazing. By the way, we can come back to, you know, in chapter 4, there's, there's another, that Hagar and Sarah... Is, is sort of re-emphasizing it, that where he addresses that issue. Um, but I've had my little stint about the modern Israel, so let's, um, but I think it is relevant that, 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 that the, the blessing of Abraham still stands. And if, we, if we're going to try and say that one, yes. there's a hierarchy and one is more, you know, is superseding the other, well, um, then we're, we're, we're playing around with God's promises. It absolutely stands because it was, it was fulfilled in Christ mm. and certainly it must continue to stand. Yeah. They don't know it yet, of course, the majority of them, mm. but it will stand and, and they will see. Yeah, yeah. Well, what he's saying, yeah. and in some translations, rather than use the word covenant, they, they translate it as will. Uh, you That's know, quite says, powerful. Yeah, because the Abra he's talking about the Abrahamic covenant and, and his main point really is the fact that God brought in the law of Moses mm. does not nullify mm. the original Abrahamic covenant and promise. Yeah. That's what these legalists were saying. It's like, well, Abraham, that's, that's back then. We, we are now following Moses. Mm. And, and like oh, Moses has replaced Abraham. So forget Abraham. But will is, is important because, you know, we were talking about like the last yeah. will and testament. Yes. Yeah. And, and it could be argued that that's really what the word is speaking about because a will is a, is a covenant of grace. You know, if you, if you, if you will to give some, yeah. somebody something, that, that is a promise of grace. It isn't earned. 
It's not like true. a covenant, like a contract. Except like in Dallas. You do this. When Dallas, JR and Bobby Ewing, they had to compete for their inheritance. Oh. But no, that was different. <laughs> But yeah. so they really did you know, work for their salvation. But, yeah. The will, because the language is inheritance, isn't it? Yeah. We inherit the promise of Abraham. Yeah. So I think the will is the best analogy, mm. uh, not ra ra rather than the kind of contract that if I do this for God, That's God right. will do this for That's me. Right. So a will is, is by grace. Yeah. And a will, I think, this is how I would put about it. He's saying once the covenant or the will is made and it's been confirmed, mm. You might say once, that, that it, once it's established, that will is established, and particularly if that person has died, mm. you can't change the terms of the will now. Mm. Yeah? And the Abrahamic covenant was made um, as an unchangeable thing. Yeah. And actually, what actually is the, the foundation for it is the death and resurrection of Christ. Because when God justified Abraham, it was on the basis of the cross. So sure. as far as God's concerned, the cross and his resurrection, the, what the Messiah would do was, was a done deal. That's it. And on that basis, he made the will, That's which right. is to promise mm -hmm. the blessing of Abraham mm -hmm. to all who would believe in the Messiah, you yeah. see. Yeah. So once that will is established and the death has happened, That's right. then that cannot be changed by anyone. Yeah. So basically, when God brought the law of Moses in, mm. he was not nullifying no. that promise because that is absolutely set. Yeah, so we've got these words like promise and, and will and testament. And I, I, a dear friend of mine, many years ago, he, he shed light on when the Lord said, this is the blood of the new covenants. He said, you could read it. This is my, the blood of the New Testament. In other words, it's not a, it's in the same vein as yeah. we've been talking about for the last three or four weeks. It's not in the vein, you do this, you get mm. that. It's a testament. Mm. It's a will. It's what yes. I give you. Yes. It's quite, quite powerful because yes. we often try and say, oh, well, it's covenants. In other words, we're achieving our side of the deal. But uh, how could we be achieving anything yeah. when you think of what the Lord did on the cross Exactly. For us? And, and it's the awesome, we, Galatians 3, 13 and 14, it's like Christ died yeah. to secure the blessing yeah. and then he rose again to enact the will for yeah. us. Yeah. You know, so it's all by his grace. Mm. And, and, and therefore, promise, promise is a word again that is, is God-given. It's God gives the promise. It's not, it's not conditional. A, a promise isn't really a promise if, it's, if you... I suppose it can be, and there yeah. are covenants, but the Noahic <laughs> covenant was, again, a promise. It, it wasn't, if you do this, I won't flood the, the, the earth again. It was, I won't flood the earth again. Mm. Mm. Yes, and that's the nature of the Abrahamic promise, yeah. of course. There's no conditions. It's, I will bless you, and I will bless the nations through you. Yeah. And, and so... Christ. He did believe, though, in one sense, there is this component that our side of the deal, as it were, is believe it and yes. receive it. The promise is to you know, all that, who It's not believe. as though we're actually doing that much. We're believing. The promise believing. is all who believe in the Messiah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Come on, John. Yeah, no, it's faith. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm thinking, really, yeah. I'm thinking what Derek is saying and, and, and wondering, on behalf of the viewers, how 
the promise of the Holy Spirit fits into this, mm. which we're talking it's about mentioned in 14. There, yes. So how does this fit in, Derek, to the, to the, to the promise of Ab to Abraham? Mm. I would say that the blessing of Abraham is the promise. Yes. Of the, is the blessing. And the blessing includes justification by faith, eternal life, and the promise of the Holy Spirit within us. You know, you yes. could say all three. Yes. Uh, although it's the Holy Spirit who gives us eternal life even. So it's all of, all of that is, is the blessing of Abraham. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm not, I don't believe you. You don't mean that. I, I'm, I'm, again, you know, I, I'm thinking on behalf of the viewers because we want to get them to this place where for those that are struggling, I'm not yeah. trying to And be, include me, you yeah. know, for my sake, John. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to be patronising here yeah, at all, right. forgive me, if I, some probably way ahead of us. Yeah. But that, that, that we've, we, in, in the last couple of weeks, we talked a lot about grace and receiving it. And here, mm. we're now codifying it in terms, of, if you like, of what God said to Abraham. Now, you can go back to Abraham, uh, to Genesis 12 and the first three verses, I think it is, where God talks about this. Where do we also get, I, I'm, I'm being, you know, I'm mm. speaking on behalf of yeah. the, the viewers here, where, where do we also get the, the, the promise of regeneration and eternal life as all part of that blessing? It um, clearly is. It is, yes. The, it clearly the promise is. of the Spirit includes that, doesn't it? Of course it, it does. So you said, where but, do we but, get but it? Where do we get it? Where's this promise to Abraham? Well, it, <clears throat> God just uses that general phrase, you know, yeah. the blessing of Abraham, the blessing yeah. will bless. And But within that phrase, as God expands it over his, through his word, ah, right. I see. Know, yes. Uh, yes, he yes. expands that. Yes. Um, what Abraham received right then and there was the legal side, which was justification by faith. He yes. believed God and he was counted yes, righteous. Absolutely. The new birth, of course, was only made available through Christ's death and resurrection. Yes. And of course that was prophesied in Ezekiel and yes, Jeremiah yes, yes. And, and Isaiah. They prophesied this awesome thing called the new birth that the, you know, it's called, I mean, Jesus referred to the promise of the Father, didn't he? Yes. That, uh, but the detail of it, God developed over time. Yes, yeah, that, that, makes, yeah. Total, that makes total sense. And so we can, uh, we, we have Genesis, 12 verses 1 to 3 where, where this promise is given to Abraham and then as you say it's worked out over time mm. um, and then we're told that we're told that uh, Abraham was counted righteous because he believed and so that as it were completes it doesn't it mm. and then mm. it's all brought together by what happens in between and and the thing is what we understand what believing means what faith means how yes it's worth I, reading by the way that that promise in because we're talking about yeah. it and we're re referencing it in in chapter 12 of Genesis it's just fairly straightforward. It goes up to verse 3 doesn't it yes it does. um, and that was when he was still called Abram that was his name, and it was when he was there in Ur of the Chaldees, at that first point. Right. And right. then the second one, where it's sort of, um, you have more, more detail, is there in um, chapter 15. And I, just, I think if you're talking about helping the viewers, it's good to give, give that reference. You know, it's an amazing thought that he's there in this completely pagan environment. Yes. 
It's just, for me, this is another absolute proof of the, the, the message that we're giving, that it came from God, that out in the middle of pagan, a pagan wilderness, God stepped in. And we're still, the, the effect of that, we're still feeling today across the whole world. Yes. But I think Genesis it's 22. Yes. He, he clarifies it a bit in That's verse right. 18. Okay. And he says, in your seed, all That's the nations right. of the uh, earth right. shall be blessed. Yes. Which Paul picks up on. Yes. And uh, of course, it's Paul that gives us a lot of the detail. It is, yes. Yeah. But, but um, is it worth just reading yeah, that? Because yeah. I will make you into a great sorry, nation. Yeah. So I just, you know, of course, it's repeated and honed, as it were. But I think that was the first instance, wasn't it? In, yeah. In chapter, in chapter oh. 12. Yes, that's right. I, um, you see, the Lord, I, I don't, don't think it hurts for us to read the scriptures out and then we can talk about no, it. No, I think it doesn't. So, so now the Lord had said to Abraham, this is chapter 12, verse 1, Genesis, get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Yes, so, you know, of course, Paul has read this. <laughs> He's read this. He's read the instance in chapter 15 where, you know, Abraham's asleep. Abraham's asleep. And, yes. and, you know, the Lord goes through and makes this and covenant, covenant with the, the smoking pot. Yes. You know, uh, and then he says again that um, in verse um, 18... Uh, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, to your descendants I give... So Paul's read this and it's plural, mm. descendants, to your descendants. And now you've brought out, mm. um, Derek, that in chapter 22, mm. he mentions the singular yes. seed. Right. It, it, it's interesting yeah. that, that Paul's read this and he sees the significance. of. There's a both and, isn't there? Yeah. Of course, there's a blessing through the so, descendants, plural, but there's, there's this seed. To Israel. Yeah. The descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yes. But there is also a promise to the the seed. Yeah. And yeah. of course, what becomes clear later is that the seed includes all of us who believe in Christ. Yes. We are put in the seed, and we become the seed yeah. uh, of uh, the corporate seed yeah. of Abraham. Yeah. Uh, and we we receive the promise. So, um, when I think of seed, I go back to Genesis. Mm. And where, you know, the, the curse that it was uh, and the crushing of the, of the um, heel, uh, the head of the serpent and the bruising of the heel, it was the seed, as it were. Right. Which is, again, talking about the Lord, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. Yes. That's, you know, That's the, the seed, seed of woman. The seed right? of the woman, yes. Right. It's the seed promised, did you say? promise. Of course it is. Yeah, <laughs> of course a it bit is. Bit of a pun, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. that is the foundational promise. So yes, yeah. you should you should read the other promises of the seed in that light. Yeah, and and um, and then again, throw it back to what the devil hears that right at the beginning. He's going to be determined to destroy that seed, that seed. Yes, not just any old seed. Yeah, of no, course, he wants seed. to he he wants to destroy all that's made in the image of God. As, you know, because he hates. Um, God and he knows that that's his nemesis but but he specifically wants to destroy that seed and and we know that when the Lord Jesus was born Herod you know went about you know trying to crush you know every baby you know 2,000 odd um, because that that's 
that seed is the is the pro as you say the promise. Yeah, and the, and the, the mystery is really if if this is a will and this is an inheritance and it's Abraham's, you know, it's the covenant with Abraham. Somehow, the Gentiles are going to inherit salvation. They're going to inherit the blessing. Um, and how how is that possible? Because they're not descended from Abraham. But then God makes it clear it's through Abraham and his seed, which is the Messiah, he will inherit everything. But then through our faith in him, we are put, we're baptized into Christ and we become part of the seed and through our union with Christ, mm. we, we inherit the blessing mm. of salvation mm. and, the, and it's all by grace. It's, yeah. it's inheritance yeah. and, and it's something that God has set up so that when we believe, we receive that salvation. And it's, it's Abraham received it on the same basis as we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I often have sort of flashbacks to Romans when I read Galatians. And, and in chapter five of Romans, it talks about um, the gift and the trespass. You know, in, in other words, you know, you've got the, these two again, um, one side by oh, yeah, side. Yeah, they're contrasted, aren't they? Side by yes, side. And obviously right. we could read, yeah. read it from verse 12 right through to verse um, 21 of Romans 5. But it's very clear in verse uh, 17, if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of... Um, the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, the seed, mm. the seed, the seed. And, and there also has that other, that other scripture that talks about death reigned from the time of, um, uh, hold on, where is Adam. it? Adam, to the time of to Moses, verse 14. Even over those who did not sin by breaking a command. In other words, the commands of Moses. Mm. As did Adam who is the pattern of the one to come. So this, this issue didn't just start with Moses and the law. Mm. I know we did this a couple of weeks ago, but it, it, it is, there's, there's something about uh, the seed. That's what I'm trying to get to, um, that we have this um, a promise of the gift of righteousness there, which, which you've said is part mm. of the blessing of yes. Abraham. But it predates Abraham as well. That's the point. Mm. Yeah, the promise goes right back to the... God yeah. gave the promise right in Genesis. Yeah, that's the you point, know. exactly. Um, salvation through the seed of the woman. Yeah. Because while we're in Adam, there, there is no hope. Yeah. But God will provide uh, another, a second Adam mm. Mm. who can be our representative head. Mm. And if we are in Christ, yeah. then um, we, we can inherit yeah. a blessing of salvation. Mm. And again, it's, it's all our works in Adam are of no avail. But if we will put through faith, come into Christ, we inherit. Yeah. And inheritance is, is no work. We just receive. We just receive. We have the decision to make, if you like, of accepting Christ yeah. as our Lord and Savior. And when we do that, we're put in Christ and we automatically inherit the blessing of Abraham, you know. That, 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 that is, is, is transmitted through Abraham to Christ. Um, praise God. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think his main point here is, because then in verse 16, he says, Now to Abraham and his seed, 
were the promises made. Very important verse here. Yeah. He did not say, and to seeds, as of many, mm. but as of one, and to your seed, who is Christ. Yeah, so that says it exactly as it is. Mm. And, and so what he's saying, if you want to understand Christ and the new covenant, you, you don't go back to Moses, you go back to, to Abraham. To Abraham. And the Abrahamic religion is a religion of grace. It's a religion of promise, you know. And, and you are to understand Christ really in relation to Abraham. Before you understand how Moses fits into the picture, you need to understand the main picture. Mm -hmm. which is we are in an Abrahamic religion. Yeah. We receive the blessing of Abraham, which is on the basis of faith. We are not in a mosaic economy. So powerful this, because no. um, we mentioned a few weeks ago about the, there being two religions. There's the religion of faith and the religion of works, as it were. Mm. Um, but folks, I've grown up for many years, I've, since the mid-90s in my work to do with Israel and the Middle East, um, people talking continually about the three great Abrahamic yeah. mm. religions. It's just not true, is it? It's not true, but it's politically it's, correct. It's, it sounds good. Yeah, three great. It's, it's trying to accommodate lies. The, Abraha the Abrahamic religion, if you want yeah. to use that word, which I don't believe in it anyway, but it is, it is, is one of grace and faith. Yes. So even within yeah. the Abrahamic world, let's say, yes. the, where we have however many billion Muslims and Christians and Jews, um, there's a distinction. Mm. And the distinction, again, is, is, is the, the religion of grace and faith rather than exactly. the one of and, and that is what Paul is, rituals. that's the point Paul is making, mm. saying that Christ is the seed of Abraham. Yep. And he, he, his new covenant that he brings in is, is the fulfillment Mm. Of, of the promise and the blessing of Abraham. Mm. Whatever Moses is, and he gets on to talk about the place Moses has, Moses did not nullify or change that original system mm. that God set up to, to save the world, mm. which was the blessing of Abraham, brought into reality through Christ. Yeah. And uh, you can't change that. You can't change the yeah. will. I just had a, a flashback to when I was there in the 90s and met um, it was the time when Douglas Hurd was the foreign secretary, and it may be apocryphal, but this was what a, a Jewish politician said to me, that um, he turned up as British sort of highfalutin diplomats <laughs> do, and it's relevant to, us, to our topic, and he said, I can't understand why you Jews and Muslims can't live together like good Christians. <laughs> 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 and if anyone who's, as we have, worked among Christians all these yes. years, you know, we know what it means to be yes. a good, you know, yes. I, I've had as much trouble from good Christians <laughs> as from anyone else. They're as fallen, uh, let's say, as anyone else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the grace is extended to all of the three great Abrahamic faiths, so to speak, and to all the Gentiles as well. Yeah. Same truth, it applies universally. Mm. Through time, pre-Christ, so we, you've, you've spoken, um, Derek, about how um, you know, Abraham was saved mm. through the cross, mm. through his faith, yes. um, pre-Christ. Pre so it's across all times and uh, all parts of... Exactly. He received part of his inheritance right then, yeah. which is justification by faith. Yeah. 
on the basis of the cross, on the basis of the will, because in God's mind mm. the cross was, mm. was accomplished, the will was enforced. Mm. There's no changing the will. Mm. And, um, and so Christ, what Christ has brought in through his death and resurrection is, 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 is the fulfillment of Abraham's blessing, yeah. which is by definition by grace. Mm. And then you have to connect verse 16 to verse 29. Mm. Um, he says, if you are Christ's, and then in the context, it's if you, mm. verse 27, he says, you, you are sons of God mm. um, through in Christ. And as many of you were baptized into Christ. Yeah. So you've been put into Christ. And then verse 29, if you are Christ's, yeah. you've accepted Christ, you are Abraham's seed. Yeah. Singular. It's very, 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 very interesting because to the Jewish reader, you see, they had been thinking, well, we are the offspring of Abraham. We're the chosen people. We are the vehicle through which salvation will come to the world. Paul is, as it were, collapsing all that back into um, the seed mm. and to us as many being part of that seed. Mm. And through that, the salvation comes, not through a works-based religion of many seeds that's being right. spread. And the Jews, like around. Abraham, are, are only saved. Yeah. They only inherit salvation through, through being the seed, yeah. through, it, through being put into Christ and becoming pretty part of Pretty radical, pretty mind-blowing for the readers. corporate seed, mm. which is Christ and his body. Mm. And, and then he says, and you are Abraham's seed and then heirs according to the promise. Yeah. What heirs of what? The blessing of Abraham, yeah. heirs of salvation. Mm. And it's not through your works, it's through the fact that you are in Christ and therefore you inherit the will mm. that, that has been made enacted, if you like, through Christ's death and resurrection. Yeah. To those who believe, you know, righteousness will be credited in the same way as to Abraham, mm. righteousness was credited to us and to you also. So the Abrahamic religion, fulfilled by Christ, is salvation by grace through faith. Yeah. So wonderful, now we've got wonderful to way to look at it. Moses. Well, yeah. Now we've no. got to explain, yeah. well, okay, if that's true, how does Moses fit into all of that? You know, you were, right. obviously what Moses did was, was a work of God. what we did a couple of weeks you know. ago, yeah. Exactly. It, that God did that, so mm. there must have been a reason that God did that. Mm. And that's what Paul goes on to next. Yeah. Um, it's it's yeah. also worth going right back to the beginning because um, what is the Lord doing here? Why has why he set all this up? He could just turn his back on us and walked away. But we go right back to the garden. We go right back to creation. And, and, and God created man in his image. And, in, in, and, and Adam was created in his image. Eve was by default in his image because she was made, mm. she was made from Adam. It, later on, it goes on to talk about us being made in the image of Adam, but that means we must also be in the image of God because Adam was in the image of God. So there's something unique about human beings. That's right. Those are people who want to believe in aliens and everything, that's fine. Yeah. But there's something unique mm -hmm. about human beings, and human beings have the image of God. Mm -hmm. And that, of course, was marred by, by the fall. Mm -hmm. And man is designed to operate as with God in him, 
Mm. Adam operated with God in him. That knowledge that Adam had, that he, you know, he wasn't just endowed with knowledge, he had God in him. So he was able to name all the animals and the plants and things, most of which, you know, his systems are still in use. Mm. Um, he, he had that wisdom and knowledge, and then of course it departed. Yeah. And, and to get us back, it's really back to Romans 5 again, mm. you know, th th this plan of salvation is to restore us to how it was when God created us. Mm. And, and without the Holy Spirit in us, which mm. of course is what Adam and Eve had, um, it's a bit like having a, putting petrol in a diesel engine. Mm. You know, it that doesn't right. work. Yeah. We don't ha we, we, we get by, but we run lumpily. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and it shouldn't be like that. Mm. And so God dwelling in us is getting us back to, to how we were originally created mm. to, uh, and to worship and glorify God. Yes. Yeah. Temples of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah temples I, of the Holy I, Spirit. I have exactly. it ringing in my ear that verse in Romans 8 that says, um, and his spirit testifies to our spirits um, that we are God's children, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Yes. And it, in one sense, that's where Adam was. So in what, we've yes. had that whole, um, you know, Adam to Abraham, to Moses, to Jesus, um, where, uh, uh, to us, where we've had fallen humanity. Yes. Uh, which, where, where your, spirit, your, your eyes of your heart are spiritually darkened um, because you have abandoned that communion. When, when I say us co corporately in Adam, we've abandoned that communion with God, so our spirits have just faded but yeah. there, there is the capacity for us to be brought back to life um, through, the, through the promise. And um, so we, we have there in, in Romans where it actually talks about inheritance, so in, in inheriting the glory, as it were, but also mentions the suffering. So there's something in us becoming part of that seed. There is the blessing, and there's also the blessing of suffering, if I might put it that yes. way. So I didn't say the blessing and the curses. Within the blessing, there is this, this inheritance of glory, but within the glory, I'm just thinking of that Romans 8 passage, there is this, there is, so indeed, if we share in his sufferings, that we might also participate in his glory. For I consider that the suffering of this present time is not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. So something is happening in us, okay, we're becoming spiritually alive, but that is, is grating with the sinful man, it's grating with a fallen world, and that will bring suffering while we're in this fallen world. But Adam did have that unique creation in God's image, communion with God, and tragically abandoned it to have, to be, to what's left is just your senses and sensuality. Yes. And Tat. This man became empty. Yeah, yeah. John was saying, we're meant to be filled with the presence of God. Yeah. And man became empty. And, uh, but the part of the blessing of Abraham is, is the promise of the Spirit. Yes. That the Spirit would come and live inside us. Yeah. And that, that required our, the, the new birth of our human spirit too. Mm. Mm. And the Spirit living in us. But we haven't come into our full inheritance yet. No. Because... We've st because of our body isn't ready to, to handle that. So the spirit, the experience of the spirit we have right now is just a down payment, the That's Bible right. says. Yeah. That's true. On the future glory That's we'll true. experience, 
when our body is resurrected and we will be able to, it, the inheritance is legally ours now, but we can't enjoy the fullness of it yet yeah. because, because of our, we've still got this flesh. You yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. It's wonderful, isn't it? But as we're faithful to God in suffering, mm. Mm. Uh, we are being prepared for greater glory that, that is to come. I, I personally wouldn't say suffering is a blessing, but I, I know no. what you mean. I know what you yeah. mean. It, it, um, it, it, it prepares us for greater blessing. Yeah, I was trying to sort of navigate <coughs> away from seeing, yes, it, it yeah, no, I, I think, I'd, yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't think suffering is, is a blessing, and yet ble great blessing, and, and we're yeah. sitting here, you know, in the comfort of, you know, the Western worlds, um, there is great blessing that can come through it. And I, I'm not yes, I, saying that it's God's intent, suffering, no. but somehow there's, there is... If we're faithful in, in the suffering, yeah. God will... Hard, yes. Hardship is suffering, you know, it's, it's sort of stretching of muscles, you know, that you could say there's an element of suffering in that and emotionally being stretched. Um, it, it does say, blessed are you when men persecute you and speak all kinds of evil against you for my sake, for great is your reward in heaven. It's as though the two are connected. I suppose I'm thinking a bit of C.S. Lewis, you know, down in your neck of the woods, because he sort of, he might have gone over the top, so I'm sort of receiving what you're saying, but he, he definitely talked about how, how God's hand was in, even, even in our suffering, and then he, he obviously witnessed his mm. wife's suffering, mm. and he was trying to process that, so... She, she, she said um, some profound things about that there is a there's a blessing even within this difficult situation. But you're right. Yeah, I don't to say that suff suffering is a blessing is maybe going a bit far. Yes, I think the the suffering itself is not so much a blessing. I, I'm thinking of um, uh, I forget his name, but the the man who was ne the book was the heavenly man, the Chinese oh, pastor. Oh, Jung. Jung. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what, that's an example, yeah. and 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 he suffered terribly, you know, to our eyes watching, but he was able to rejoice in it, and I and he did rejoice, and and I think that is again, if 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 you are in communion with God in you, and you're allowing your life to be. God living his life through you, Jesus, as in Galatians 2.20, then you will be able to carry that suffering mm. um, because he will prepare you and equip you to be able mm. to do it. Mm. And, and the rejoicing will come, as it were, from him. The joy of the Lord is your strength mm. and you'll be able to rejoice. I think if, if you're trying to do it in your own strength, it's not going to be I any just, fun I at mean, all. it's completely well, tangential a little to what we're reading, but it's because it was in that verse that it said that if you share in his sufferings, um, you know, indeed, you know, yeah. he says, if you share in his sufferings, in other words, you are a co-heir yes. of Christ, so yeah. we're in the seed. Yeah. Part of that was, I mean, again, in this present age, part of that is in this world you will have trouble. There, there is 
a suffering that seems to be integral. It is, it's rejection, isn't it? Yeah. it and uh, rejection is sort of the overall term. That's the, yeah. that suffering, and, the, and that rejection will manifest in various. I don't ways. mean, you know, like the Opus Dei. You know, you got to start slashing. Oh no, no, that's self-inflicted. Yeah, that's all self-inflicted. But you need to be faithful to God. Be in faithful the to God, and 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 the world rejects him, and you will be rejected and ridiculed, and 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 possibly tortured, and everything. It's all part of rejection. Mm. Mm. of God and, and therefore you might well suffer. Um, um, there's, there's a scripture in Isaiah 59 that talks about us being prey. Prey, yes. If, if we stand for him. Yes. It's, al it's almost as though it's, it's a given. Yes. That you will, you will be, I don't know where exactly it is because I'm looking at you and yeah, turning I know. the pages. I, I, but know. I don't know exactly where it is. In chapter that, 59 I'm, it does say that you will become prey. I'll find it. And I jump from there to Peter, where it says, you know, the devil is going around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may destroy. But submit, yeah, so this submit grace to God, thing, resist the devil, and he grace will flee. Thing, yeah, exactly. It's not that we do, you know, zero. No. <laughs> uh, you know, once we're, you know, in the fold, as it were, well, then we just do nothing. We, we, we are going to be, we're not, we're working out our own salvation with fear and trembling, because yes. God is at mm. work in us, and it's all by his grace, but we are actually doing something. Mm. Yes, and, and I believe what we should be learning to do more and more and practicing more and more is learning to let the Lord live his life through us. And that may well involve suffering. Mm. Mm. But it, we, we won't be involved in the decision making as such. Yeah. It'll be the Lord working it out through us. Yeah. Well, we were talking before about Jesus' words, whoever wants to, f to follow me, yeah. take, um, take deny himself. Yes which is to deny our self-life, mm. you know, and in order to yield to the life of Christ in us, we operate by His grace. And then he says, take up your cross and follow me. And what I've come to think that means is you, you, it's taking up the will of God. And sometimes the will of God might cross our own will, natural will, you know but we take up the will of God and the suffering that goes with it. That, that's what I think the cross yes. is. It only has value when, you, when it is the will of God. That's it. You know what I mean? That's it. Not you're, the, you're being faithful sake. to the will of God yeah. and you suffer as a consequence. Mm. So Jesus is suffering. He wasn't out to, oh, somebody hit me, I need to suffer. Yeah. You know, it was, I'm going to do the will of God. Mm. And, if, and whatever that suffering, caught, whatever that, when that brings me suffering, mm. then you know, I, I accept that. Mm. Uh, I embrace the will of God and any suffering that, that comes with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then it has value, I think. Mm. Okay, so we're in the last five minutes. Um, are we going to get to 20? Uh, well, we're, if we, we certainly can get to the next verse, which is um, because of the conclusion of this argument, mm. he says, I say that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant of grace that was confirmed before by God in Christ that it should make the promise of no effect. So yeah. that just is what the conclusion we had come That's to. That's right, exactly. That the, whatever Moses' law was about, it doesn't undo the, the basis of salvation that was established by, through Abraham. Yeah. Um, and then it says, for if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of promise. That's in right. other words, if Moses somehow substituted the method of salvation yeah. 
says, no, well, God's giving up yeah. on this grace approach. He's brought in Moses now yeah. to bring in a works approach. Yeah. He, he says, if the inheritance is of the law, then it's no longer a promise. It's two completely right. different methods. That's right. That's right. They're yeah. incompatible with each other. And clearly God isn't changing his mind like that. Yeah, that's right. So, that is not the purpose of Moses, yeah. but God gave it to Abraham by promise. So he That's says, right. the promise through Abraham stands. Yeah. Whatever Moses brought in was not a means of salvation. Mm. It, it had its own purpose yeah. to it, but it was not intended to replace yeah. Abraham's, mm. you know, grace through Abraham. Mm. As Paul's beautiful, typical, logical argument. You know, know what I mean? It's brilliant. So in, in Romans 4, he says, when a man works, his wages are not uh, credited to him as a gift, but as an obligation. So that, you could say, is, is the law. There's a law of you pay someone if they work for it. Um, but he's using the argument. He says, however, to the man who does not work but trusts God, he justifies the wicked, the gift. Mm. His faith is credited to him mm. as righteousness. Yeah. So again, Paul, in his brilliant logic, is, is setting out the fact that we, if, it, if it is the promise, it's, uh, it is, it's not something you can work towards. Yeah. Um, if it's within a legal contract framework, like any employment contract, you, you are, there's no gift involved. There's no promise, as it were, involved. Um, it is, you've earned it. And that, again, is where the world is in terms of yes. its salvation. It's all part of, I'm doing my day's work and I want my, my dues for it. So what is there to thank God for? Yes. And this is exactly what the legalists were teaching that Paul's coming against, yeah. that you've got the method of salvation is now through Moses mm. and, and you've got to keep his law and then you will inherit. So yeah. the inheritance is that way. Yeah. And, and Paul is saying that can't be right because if that's true, then that means Abraham's thing has been nullified by the law. But that contradicts what he's been arguing, of course, yeah. that the will has been established, you can't change it. Yeah. And therefore, the, the legalists are wrong. <laughs> yeah, very, very good. Okay, so we are, we're, we're running down the clock. I think we're in the last minute. Um, it, at the end of Romans 11, I, I, I see Romans 1 to 11, the chapters, as, as culminating at the end of chapter 11, where, where it says, who was ever given to God that God should repay him? In other words, the, our way, what we're due is in Romans 6, which is the wages of sin is death. Mm. But the free gift of God is eternal life through the, through the Lord Jesus. Uh, or is that in Romans 3? Um, and so, you know, as it says in Romans 4, that, that you know, the wage, we, we are due things if we work, but it's not salvation. It's payment of some form or other. But God's great gift of grace and gift of life, as you say, is the promise. And it's basically unearned. Who has ever given to God that God should mm. repay him? For from him, to him, and through him are all things. To God be the glory forever. Amen. 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 <laughs> <laughs>